Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the team. Nine o'clock, Jim and Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Got some predictions on the Broncos and the Raiders Sunday. How important is it to you? They win nine games, beat the Raiders. I, I still think there's importance there to it. Certainly there's a long shadow cast over that possibility of Broncos country joy with what's going on with Russell Wilson and where the team is headed at the moment. So you got some thoughts on that today. Also, who you're rooting for in the playoffs. Uh, I'll probably go with the Lions. It's probably where I'll go. Though, the Lions, we talked about this. They have never won a game in the wild card round. So they'll, they've won the division, but they're still going to be playing in the wild card round. They've never won a game in that, in that round. First time for everything. Yeah, that's, we'll find out that's the case, yes. Do we have like a potential matchups or or do we will we not know who's playing who until the end of end of business hours Sunday? Well, we we pretty much know. Um well, let's get to that in just a moment. As far as what the um playoff situation's like, but we have a winner today, do we not? For yes. uh, where in the world is Totter France, and let's get to yes, that. Yes, we do. Okay. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Luke getting the beer today, correctly identifying the Richfield Coliseum in beautiful Richfield, Ohio, your once former home of the Cleveland Cavaliers. There is an entire section on the Wikipedia page about attendance hindrances for this poor stadium. Uh, so first of all, it only had one concourse for both levels, so it was very cramped. There was only one way to get there in terms of driving, so traffic was a mess in a rural part of Ohio. And the luxury boxes were built in the uppermost level, making them the worst seats for visibility. And here's something else about that version of the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were not that, great. That, um, well, as, as bad as Donald Sterling was in terms of you know, awful racial comments and things that he did as a as a landlord and also as the owner of the uh, the then of the Los Angeles Clippers. Mm-hmm. That uh, Ted Steffian, who owned the Cleveland Cavaliers, that at one point he wanted to make sure they only had a white roster because he felt like that would get people to come watch the games if they had. White players. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, so there we are then. Then he was the owner of the team during that period of time when they played in Richfield. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Not uh, for our good friend, colleague, the Buckeye boy. Not a, uh, not a 
Not a happy time. Not exactly a great part of Cleveland Cavaliers history. But it's all over now, and that stadium quite literally now is just a meadow in the plains of Ohio. All right, you asked about the playoff situation. All right. Yes. All right, so here's what it looks like right now. So this is who's already in. This is in. Teams that are in. Starting the AFC. Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs, Browns. They're in. Doesn't matter what happens, they're in. Now, Dolphins could end up being a division winner or possibly a wild card. So keep that in mind because they play the Bills for the division title. But they would not be in the... Are, they're not in the running for the number one seed, are they? Baltimore's got it. Baltimore's... Okay. San Francisco's number one seed in the NFC. It's all done. So you got the Jags, Bills, and Colts that are in the hunt. They're four, they're four, six, and seven right now. Jags could be anywhere from the fourth seed to potentially even out of the playoffs. Texans and Steelers are still in it. And so that's that's what it looks like right now. And we'll go into more detail in just a moment. NFC, Niners, Cowboys, Lions, Eagles, Rams. And you got the Bucks that could be the fourth seed. The Packers could be end up being a seventh seed, depending on what happens Sunday. Seahawks, Saints, Vikings, Falcons are still in the hunt as far as the postseason goes. I should say, yeah, they're, 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 the Seahawks, Saints, Vikings, Falcons are on the bubble. They're in like the Texas. Outside Steelers. looking yeah, in. They're, they, need, they, they all need help to get in. So just trying to look at it here. So go back to the AFC. Miami can clinch the AFC East division title with a Miami winner tie. So if they win, they beat the Bills. They, they win the division. Jacksonville can clinch the AFC South with a win and a Jacksonville tie Indianapolis-Houston tie. Jacksonville can clinch a playoff berth with a Jacksonville tie Pittsburgh loss or tie Pittsburgh loss. Um, also, let's see. Buffalo clinched the division with a win. Clinch a playoff berth with a Buffalo tie, Pittsburgh loss or tie, Jacksonville loss or tie, Houston-Indianapolis tie. Indianapolis can clinch the AFC South Division title with Indianapolis win, Jacksonville loss or tie, because <laughs> they can still win it too. Indianapolis tie or Jacksonville loss. Indianapolis clinch the playoff berth with a win or a win, Indy tie, Pittsburgh loss or tie. Houston can clinch the AFC South title with a win or a Jacksonville loss or tie. Can you imagine if the Texans win the AFC South in C.J. Stroud's first year? Like, my goodness. I mean, incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I think well-deserved, too. So those are your AFC tiebreakers. And I'm trying to find the, the NFC tiebreakers, what that, what that looks like in terms of you know, see where I said San Francisco's already clinched it as far as the overall, you know, the overall number one seed in the first uh, the first round by. So right now you have Tampa Bay. They can clinch the NFC South with a win. Um, Bucks clinch a playoff berth. Tampa Bay tie plus Seattle loss plus Green Bay loss or tie. Falcons. Uh, Atlanta will clinch NFC South title. They win plus a Tampa Bay loss. New Orleans, they play Atlanta. New Orleans clinched the NFC South title with 
the the Norland the Saints uh, win plus Tampa Bay loss and or tie New Orleans tie plus Tampa Bay loss. Saints clinch a playoff berth with a New Orleans win plus Seattle loss or tie plus Green Bay loss or tie or New Orleans tie plus Seattle loss plus Green Bay loss. Uh, that's too much math. Seattle, they're at Arizona. They clinch a playoff berth with a Seattle win plus Green Bay loss and or tie or Seattle tie plus Green Bay loss plus tie, Tampa Bay loss or tie or Seattle tie plus Green Bay loss plus New Orleans loss or tie. Packers clinch a playoff spot. Green Bay win. They're taking on the Bears. Not Bears. Not Bears. Uh, they're at home, by the way. The Packers are. Green Bay win. Green Bay tie plus Seattle loss or tie plus New Orleans loss or tie. Or Green Bay tie plus Seattle. Okay, yeah, you get the idea. <laughs> There's a lot to be settled there. So Minnes- really, Minnesota's at Detroit. Vikings can clinch a playoff berth. They win plus Green Bay loss plus Seattle loss plus Tampa Bay loss. Which is not entirely out of the realm of possibilities. No, no, it's not. It's not at all. Now, if I'm, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot to be settled this weekend. I I will say this. Last year, I think it was the Packers that had a slim chance of getting into the playoffs, and went up against a Detroit Lions team that was already out of the playoffs by kickoff, so it didn't matter the outcome, and they still went out and they absolutely embarrassed the Packers. You've got a Packers team this year that is on the bubble of the playoffs, this time with Jordan Love, and you got a Chicago Bears team that is not in the playoffs, but is ostensibly on the rise, and they have the knowledge that they've already got the number one pick locked up in the draft without having to basically do anything to earn that except trade for trade with the Panthers. Don't be shocked. Well, I don't want to say don't be shocked, but don't be a hundred percent surprised if Chicago goes out to green Bay and Lambeau and, and gets the win against the Packers. Cause it's kind of the same thing we saw last year. And we we know that Matt LaFleur sometimes in those kind of situations, you see it, saw it against the 49ers in the conference championship game or, or in the or playoffs a couple years ago. Sometimes in these moments, Matt LaFleur folds like a wet paper towel. I would not be 100% shocked if Chicago goes in and gets the win in Green Bay. Yeah, we'll see. Would, wouldn't be a surprise at all. Uh, back to the team line this morning, 970-242-1340. AJ, yes, Steph, you should have shot the ball. Joker took care of it. LOL, yes, Curry with the bad turnover late in that game as the Nuggets got the win last night. And uh, he sent the picture, the picture to him. Chewing on his mouth guard. Oof. What a look. Uh, from Andy this morning, very important for Brock who's to finish with nine wins. Had some swagger, have some swagger for next season. Didn't think Russell was what they needed, so don't care much about quarterback spot. Nothing new. Rooting for Lions and Browns, but don't tell Buckeye. We won't. We'll keep it quiet. We won't, we won't tell him at all, Andy, that you're going to pull for the Browns. So here, here's a question for you then. As as it leads into, uh, you know, the, the Super Bowl, do you, have, do you pick one team, period, 
Or do you pick one team from each conference? You can do either or. You can whatever whatever you choose to do. Because if you held a gun to my head and said, just pick one team and one team only, I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, and I would be the same way. I, I keep going back and forth about the Browns because Buckeye makes it a challenge because it's him. It, yeah. It's him. That's... That's all, all the explanation you need right but there. Then, but then I also, I, I think back to my, my own childhood, a playing sixth grade Mesa County junior football, mm-hmm. playing for the then Fruita Browns. <laughs> and, and my mom bought me, I think it was, I think it was like for Christmas, bought me when you used to have to go to the Sears catalog. Yep. It was Sears had all the NFL licensed stuff um, and bought me a Browns jersey. Even though I was a Broncos fan, I liked the Vikings a lot during that period of time. Right. That, because I played for the Browns, she thought that'd be cool for me to have a Cleveland Browns jersey. And so I had a Browns jersey when I was a kid. So part of me, not that I, I'm ever going to be a Browns fan, kind of with the, the Joe Flacco thing, he was didn't work in Denver, and he seemed kind of like a petulant turd at times. But, but I... It's been fun to see him in press conferences. Joe Flacco seems like he's found a new sense of love of, of football. Mm-hmm. And and obviously he's played great since uh, coming on to, to take over the quarterback uh, position with the Browns. And so I'm, I'm kind of, you know, if I had to root for one in each conference, I'm, I'm kind of maybe leaning toward the Browns and the AFC. If I had to root Once for again, don't tell Buckeye that I, I said that. So if I had to root for one in each conference, obviously the Lions and the NFC, I kind of have a soft spot for the Dolphins. Yeah. Franchise that's not had great years. Mike McDaniel, former Broncos, water boy. And and also, too, I just, I you know, that's the thing, too. I love the coaches. Love me some Dan Campbell. Love me some Mike McDaniel. If that turns out to be the matchup at the end of the season, and... I mean, you talk about the media, the media day, radio row with the coaches, Dan Campbell, Mike McDaniel. That is going to be entertaining as all get out. I, I agree. I agree. I kind of like Mike McDaniel. I like the the, the candid nature. Mm-hmm. He does his press conferences. I smart football guy. I just, I mean, not, not to, you know, the Colorado connection's fun and the Broncos connection's cool, but it's more just about him with me that I like I like the demeanor the personality yeah yeah of, and the way like just the way he's he's very direct about things yeah he just flat out says what he thinks and and you know sometimes there's repercussions but for the most part I think he's pretty spot on about a lot of things all right uh, so we have a Colorado race of basketball tonight and tomorrow night here on the team CMU Sports Network uh, presented by Ken Richards State Farm both Maverick basketball teams play host to uh, CSU Pueblo tonight, New Mexico Highlands tomorrow night. We'll start out with the Maverick women uh, back at Brownson this weekend. Um, Thunderwolves come in 7-6. and six. They won back-to-back games before the holiday break uh, by at least 22 points. Uh, Mavs head coach Taylor Wagner says they're a dangerous team that can score in bunches. I think they're better than what their record is showing right now, and they always will play us really tough. And so that's, you know, that's what we're telling our kids. Like, whatever you see on film, times that by 10, because they're going to they're gonna play hard and compete. 
Well, tonight you're definitely going to see two of the best rebounders in the RMAC and a couple of the better rebounders in the country. And um, Olivia Reed for Colorado Mesa. She's uh, She leads the RMAC in rebounding. She's tied for second division two rebounds as well. And Alicia Little has been fantastic as well. Um, she's also one of the better scorers in the in the conference at 18.3 points per game. She's uh, second in rebounding behind Olivia Reed, 11.4 boards per contest. So uh, that'll be an intriguing matchup with those two players tonight on the floor. Mavericks uh, scoring off against uh, CSU Pueblo tonight. And then tomorrow night, it's New Mexico Highlands over at Brownson Arena. And, uh, you know, the Cowgirls team is 3-9, and nine, but they have uh, three losses that have been by one possession. Mavs coach Taylor Wagner says they have to get up early and not let the Cowgirls get in any kind of rhythm tomorrow night. They're in every game, and uh, they've got good quality players. They'll get out and they'll compete. And you just can't give this team any confidence. You do that, then they just play loose, and, and then they're a really dangerous team. Yeah, Cowgirls have lost uh, five straight heading into the weekend. And, uh, of course, they'll play Westminster uh, tonight before playing the Mavericks tomorrow night. Um, then outscored, though, by nearly 10 points per game. Julia Aragon's a 5'5 sophomore. She's averaging 12.4 points per basketball game. She leads the Cowgirls in that category. So uh, both nights tip off at 5.30, bringing them at 5.15 uh, both nights for the Maverick women against uh, CSU Pueblo and New Mexico Highlands on the team CMU Sports Network. Now, as far as the Maverick men's basketball team, they also host the same two teams and CSU Pueblo tonight, New Mexico Islands tomorrow night. Uh, Maverick men host a 6-5 and five Thunderwolves team that's still trying to come together after a, a bit of transition. Head coach Mike DeGeorge says Pueblo is still gelling at this point. They've had you know quite a bit of turnover, but Micaiah Morris is back, and he was a good player for him last year. And then Brevin Walters transferred from South Dakota Mines. has been all-conference in the past. They have a lot of pieces to kind of rebound from losing a lot of guys uh, through the portal. And uh, they're playing at a high level. Offensively, uh, CSU Pueblo, they're scoring 79 points per game. They've scored over 70 points in eight of their 11 games. Uh, defensively, eh, 72.4 points per game at seven, seventh best in the conference. They have held four of their first 11 opponents under 65 points. And uh, they are 20 and four and holding opponent, opponents uh, to 65 points or fewer. But uh, for the Mavericks, uh, they come in uh, ranked 14th, tied for 10th in the uh, latest NABC Division II coaches poll and also the uh, D2 CSC media poll as well. Mav- Mavs 9 and 2 right now. They've won nine of the last 10. They, of course, uh, had that split down at the High Desert Classic in uh, Las Vegas, in Las Vegas, uh, uh, Nevada, where they. Uh, they lost a fifth-ranked West Texas A&M and then uh, closed it out with the win over Simon Frazier, 92-78. to So the Mavericks uh, 4-0 and at home this season. They've won 13 straight regular season home games after suffering that loss to Metro State last year in December. So Mavericks have been really, really good at home. And so they have Pueblo tonight, Highlands tomorrow night with Mike Dominguez, former Maverick basketball great uh, as their head coach. And Highlands are 6-5 and five right now, um, but they have a win over South Central Regional Powerhouse Angelo State. The George says that win shows that Highlands is capable of coming up with a win on any given night. It's more of a, a distributed offensive this year, and I think they're still finding their way a little bit. But they've really played at a high level. They beat Angelo State. You know, Angelo State uh, is, you know, obviously beat us in the NCAA tournament last year. It obviously shows uh, what they're capable of playing, uh, the level they're playing at.
All right, so the Maverick men, 7.30 both nights uh, right here on the team CMU Sports Network. Once again, uh, coverage of Maverick basketball brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm. So I'll have tonight, or you'll have uh, tomorrow night, and Touters in the studio tonight. Nate's in here tomorrow night. So looking forward to uh, Maverick basketball on the airwaves tonight right here on the team CMU Sports Network. I, I think there's going to be a couple of really good games for the Mavericks to both women's and men's teams to reestablish some dominance in the RMAC. You get, you know, you get the long time off, you get the, uh, the long holiday break and that's good. It's, it's well needed, but this is also a chance where you kind of maybe shake some of that rust off and, and realize, okay, this is, this is where we need to get back to being so that by the time you get into the, you know, long haul stretch of the RMAC season, you're in position, you're ready to go. All right. So uh, once again, coverage tonight uh, starts at 515 with the women. Men tip it at 730 on the team sports network. So coming up next, our football picks. Uh, the Pope unavailable today. So uh, I don't know if we'll have his picks if you say I've got them. Okay, you've got his picks. We'll uh, we'll do our picks. We'll also have four down territory and this day in sports history coming up. That's on the way next on the Jim Davis Show on the team sports network. They need a wake-up call. Call or text the Jim Davis Show on the Chick-fil-A team line. 970-242-1340. Welcome back, 924. Feel like we should... Get some billowy tops on, a puppy <laughs> shirt from Seinfeld, and get some patchouli and get another song, do you? Is this Greta Van Vliet? It is. Yeah, I like Greta Van Vliet. They're they're nice kids. They basically try to rip off Led Zeppelin, but that's okay. But like, also, I still, I still like their stuff, though. Two things. One, if you're going to rip off anybody. Mind, yeah. And, and two, Led Zeppelin, notorious for ripping off a lot of blues artists. So. <laughs> right. So. So not a big deal, to be quite honest. No. All right. So uh, ready for our football picks. So uh, Petey is unavailable today. So he has his picks. And so how did things go last week when you were on vacation? Max did a good job of, of managing things uh, over in, in your studio. And thank you, Max. Um for filling in and doing all that and recording it. So and thank you for sending them in because you're on vacation. You didn't have to do that. I appreciated that. So last week, fairly well, all things considered. Um, the, so Rose Bowl, Alabama, Michigan, Rio, not picking Michigan didn't Is help he, him. Because he doesn't want to acknowledge or even playing in the championship game. It's just Washington playing Washington I, but see, in I, his mind. I can't say that I 100% blame him because I know what that visceral hatred of another team feels like so that's fair now i like to win too though well and I mean, that's personally i like to win and so. so that's where we get into the sugar bowl the reverse happened where he was the only one to pick washington correctly rest of us uh picked texas and yeah i went with a bad gut on that i felt like it was washington my guy ah, just texas is gonna find a way to get this done yeah they did not Lions Cowboys. Uh, I was the only one to pick the Lions, and that would have worked out so great for me, except for Brad Allen. Head to Brad Allen. So thank you, Brad Allen. You suck. Um, 
Ravens, Dolphins, we all got that one right. Chiefs, Bengals, we all picked the Chiefs and got that one right. Rio only uh, won to pick the Chargers and the Broncos. Can we really call that one a win, though? I, yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, so, Jim, you and PD both went five and one, and Rio and I both went four and two. All right, so uh, for PD and myself. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. All right, so what, is, what do the standings look like in our picks? Standings right now, you are in first place. Rio is a game back, and PD and I are tied. Uh, for third place, and we are four games back of the lead. And make sure you get your picks in for Pile Pigskin Pick'em, powered by Kistner Motors. Go to uh, the team's website. That's uh, 1340theteam.com. Uh, Theteam1340.com, I should say. And uh, get your picks in. And uh, so the weekly prizes, we're no longer doing the weekly prizes. Now we head into the postseason. So now you're you're trying to accumulate points you know, to and, and rack up wins to win that uh, Tager, that Traeger Tailgater Grill from Fruita Co-op Country, the $500 gift card from Play It Again Sports. We'll also have another $500 gift card uh, from Play It Again Sports are giving away. So no weekly prizes now that we're heading into the postseason. But we will. you still need to get your picks in at theteam1340.com. All right, are we ready to go? I'm ready when you are. Okay. Welcome to another edition of even though he's no longer starting. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right, indeed. All right. Um, quick programming question. Do you want to do NFL first and then pick the national championship? For sure. College? All yeah, right. We can do that. Sure. All right. So we'll start Steelers and Ravens. Uh, this is in Baltimore. And Pittsburgh, to my surprise, when I was uh, – Coming up with this list, Pittsburgh is a three and a half point. You know why? Road favorite. Por qué? Lamar Jackson's not playing. Hmm. Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley getting the start. Who's not a bad quarterback. Not no. A bad, not a bad fill-in. But that's why. Uh, so, nonetheless, we have our picks in. We have Petey going with his Baltimore Ravens. Right. To the shock of no one. Rio is going to take the Steelers. Uh... I'm still going to take the Ravens. I know, like you said, Lamar Jackson not playing. I still think the overall structure of the Ravens is better than what Pittsburgh has right now. So I'm going to take the Ravens in this one to win. Who do you have, Mr. Yeah, Jim Davis? Yeah, John, John Harbaugh is going to rest some guys and because I, I, they're already the number one seed. They have, there, there's no need to go pedal the metal. Steelers have to go pedal the metal. Mason Rudolph has been really good for them as of late. They have everything to play for. The Ravens have nothing to play for. Let me go with Pittsburgh. All right. Up next, we have a battle for the AFC South, potentially. The Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. Houston, a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. PD has taken the Colts. Rio is taking his former Buckeye quarterback, C.J. Stroud, and the Texans. I am also going to take the Houston Texans. What's yours, It'll be a good game. I think it'll be, I like the Texans. I, th- I think it'll be a very good game, and I'm, I'm, I want to see C.J. Stroud succeed if for no other reason than just he seems like the kind of guy you, you kind of want to root for, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All right, up next, NFC West. Carson Wentz. 
getting the start for your Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Rams at the 49ers. San Francisco, a three-point home favorite. Rio, surprisingly, taking the Rams in this one. Uh, myself and Petey, we're going with San Francisco. Whew. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Niners in this one. Yeah, I just, I don't think, I don't think that uh, Carson Wentz, God love him, I don't think he's going to get the job done against a very, very good 49ers team. Although 49ers, they don't really have much to play for. It could be yeah. something like that. We'll see. All right, Bills-Dolphins. This is going to be a very good game, in my opinion. Buffalo's a three-point uh, road favorite. And they could either be the number two seed or entirely eliminated from the playoffs altogether, depending on the outcome of this game. So with that being said, I'm going to take the Bills. Rio is taking the Bills. And Petey is also taking the Buffalo Bills. Let's make it a round of Buffalo Bills for all of us. I'll take Buffalo. For our late colleague, Buffalo Mark. Absolutely. We're, we're picking the Bills. All right. Last and least, the Vegas Raiders, Denver Broncos, Vegas is two and a half point favorite. I'm going to take the Broncos because, and we've posed the question all day today about does it really matter or do we want to see the Broncos win this game? Look, they're eight and eight. If they get to eight and nine or they get to nine and eight, it really probably isn't going to affect their draft stock all that much. So you might as well get the win over a team you have not beaten since 2019. And let's remind people this is the Raiders. We hate the Raiders. It's a it's a division rival. It's one of the Broncos' most hated, hated rivals. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking the Broncos. Rio and Petey are taking the Raiders. Uh, you did make the commitment that you were going to pick the Broncos uh, for the rest of the season. So, you know, just saying. Oh, obviously, I mean, come on. Come on. Oh, the Denver Broncos. Yes, I, I made that commitment. I'm sticking with that commitment. All right, we got one more game left. We got a national championship game Monday, Michigan and Washington. The line is, or at least was when I uh, put this list together, Michigan four and a half. Yeah. The favorites. Uh would you care to guess which team Rio has picked for this national championship? Of course it's going to be Washington. <laughs> yes, he is. Of course it's going to be the Huskies. Yes, he picked uh, the Washington Huskies. Uh, Petey, would you care to guess who he picked? Michigan. He picked Michigan. Do uh, you want to guess who I picked? Michigan. No. Oh, you're going Washington. Okay. I'm going Huskies. I'm going Huskies for two reasons. Well, one reason. Um, I At the end of the day, I don't think Harbaugh... It can get it done at the national championship. He, he you know, he's he'll his get, defense can he'll get there. Can't get over the hump. Now, Michael Penix Jr. He has one win in his career over Michigan. Granted, it was when he was at Indiana, but still, but still, I think he can get it done. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Washington Huskies for the national championship. And I think it would be just great that the Pac-12 in its dying star era goes out with a bang and wins the national title in its final year of existence. I want Washington to win, but I'm going with Michigan. All right. Sorry, Dave Yonke. Sorry, man. I like Penix, though. I think he's really good. I think I just think 
this is the best defense that he's faced. I think he'll still make plays, but I don't think it'll be to the tune of 430 and three touchdowns like it was against Texas. I, I like Michigan. Michael Penix Jr., your once future maybe sort of starting Broncos quarterback. You never know. You never know. All right. It's 935, and it's time to get into four down territory. We're into four down territory on the gym. Upside. Want to try that again? Let's try it again. Upside. I didn't want to do that. There we go. Take two. Up. Now let's try it again. There we go. Take two. We're into <laughs> four down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Hit the button a little too fast on something I was going to do. Done that before. All right. So we go to first down. Greg Popovich. A very odd press conference last night. Uh, Spurs fell to 5-29. and 29. Yikes. Bye. They lost to the Bucks last night, 125-121. to 121. Victor Wimbenyama was fantastic last night. Really played kind of uh, head-to-head with Giannis last night. But Craig uh, Popovich, unhappy the call that went against the Spurs late. Here's Craig uh, Popovich after the game last night. Press conference. This is the entire press conference from pretty much start to finish. Okay. We're proud of the group. We did a lot of great things, and uh, a lot of people played well. Unless you got a question that makes sense, I'm, I'm out of here. What else can you say there? Oh, come on, Mikey. <laughs> what? What did you want on that on that last play down? Front? What I wanted was a a different call on the last play where Giannis got a three point play, but. Sometimes the calls go for you. Sometimes they go against you, and you got to live with it. But that was a tough one to get that call at the very end of the game when our guys were right there. So, uh, you know, you, you live with it and you move on. That's the way it is. Did you like how Victor? Oh, I just loved it. Nineteen. I loved it. It was. I loved everything about all of them. There's nothing I didn't love about any of them. That answers all the questions, right? Have a good night. See you at the bar. See you at the bar. <laughs> uh, I've, I've always loved Popovich. Just, the guy was just cracks me up. Oh, yeah. He's great. I don't know if you caught any of the Buffs game last night with Arizona. If you didn't, I did not. From a standpoint, you, you didn't miss anything because it was no. absolute woodshedding last night. Uh, no Tristan De Silva. Um, you know, no Cody Williams. No Cody Williams last night. K.J. Simpson did not exactly have a great game, but but Bill Walton was there. Bill Walton was there calling it with Dave Pash. And they all said, Frank Caliendo. I have the audio if you would like. <laughs> Are you saying, is that your four-down territory? It was. But I have the, do you have the audio or do you want me no, to go, go ahead and Go ahead and play the audio and all right. we'll share this one. Here we go. Desert, here we entertained at this point <laughs> trying to stop you from talking here it is loving enjoying the earth that is we're at the McHale center the center of a cactus a prehistoric giant cactus 
this patch, where they constructed this great building that we're at today. Where have you been? <laughs> the Conference of Champions. Conference of Champions. So good. Anyway, sorry I stole that from you. You know, it's all good. Because I got a backup. Because okay. you, you brought something up. We'll get to here in a sec. Uh, third down, Miami defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, uh, drawing a comparison, an interesting one, for a couple of reasons. Uh, talking about Josh Allen and his physical nature, called him a physical specimen, and compared him to his former boss, John Elway. <laughs> That's a fair comparison. It is a very fair comparison. I just find the, uh, it's not irony. It's just sort of a neat coincidence, I guess, that he's comparing the player Josh Allen to the player John Elway. This also being the same John Elway that gave Vic Fangio his first and probably only head coaching job in the National Football League. Very true. All right, fourth down. You brought up Greg Popovich. And how his team right now is kind of in the tank, um, kind of in the swamps, despite Victor Wembanyama and all the greatness that he provides. You also have Bill Belichick, whose team is just absolutely bad this year. But these are two legendary coaches that would normally have otherwise great success that this year their team stink. Which coach at the end of this respective season, NBA and NFL season, departs from their team? Bill Belichick, Greg Popovich, both or neither? Uh, Belichick's contract is complicated. I don't know if he's going to... seems like all the signs point to him leaving. Or Robert Kraft doesn't want him there anymore. I kind of think it feels like Popovich is it's he's there as long as he wants to be there. Right. And he may feel like with Wimbenyama, this is going to be a, it's a bad year, obviously, but the future is bright. You just got to kind of build around him. Yeah, I, I think both stay. Both stay. I think both stay. Okay. I uh, think, I think Belichick's the more likely to leave at this point. I, I, I can see Popovich just going, I'm done. But I'm, I'm going to say both stay. I'm going to say at the end of the season, Bill Belichick is gone. Greg Popovich maybe gets one more year before he decides to hang it up himself. I don't think I don't think you fire Greg Popovich. I think you let Popovich walk of his own accord. But that's just my guess. Okay. All right, that's four down territory. And it's time right now for this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment of all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, 1964, Keith Lincoln of the San Diego Chargers rushes for 206 yards on 13 carries, catches seven passes for 123 yards and completes one pass for 20 yards and scores two touchdowns on a 51-10 route of the Boston Patriots in the AFL title game. 1983 in his 42nd game, Edmonton's Wayne Gretzky scores his 100th point of the season with an assist in the Oilers' 8-3 win over Winnipeg. 1993 Reggie Jackson, who hit 563 homers and played on five championship teams in 21 seasons, is the only player elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Also on this day, 1999 Nolan Ryan, George Brett, and Robin Yout are all voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. The biggest class of the 
first-time candidate since Babe Ruth and four others were chosen in the original election in 1936. Do you know what two of those guys have in common that went in in 93 or 99, excuse me? Uh, I do not. They both spoke at the Junior College World Series banquet, George Brett and Robin Young. Very cool. Love it if Nolan Ryan came here. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. All right, uh, 943. Jamie Hamilton, if you're listening. (laughs) Jamie's working on it. He's working on it. He's working on those things. All right, 943. We'll take a break. We'll come back and wrap it up. Some garbage time. That's on the way on the Jim Davis Show. It's a good show. Probably the best show around. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 946, Jim and Cake today. Outstanding bumper music today, by the way. Some of my favorites, Noah Kahn. Yeah. Jack Antonoff and Bleachers. This is a good song. And uh, you, can, you can tell he loves Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yeah. He's a Jersey guy. He did a song, Chinatown, with, with the boss here a couple of years ago. And, yeah, this definitely has very much a uh, big man Clarence Clemens. Very. band, Bruce Springsteen sound to it. All right, 947. And it's uh, time to open up the lid and hop in. It's garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. All right. Let's start out with, um, well, we like talking about offshoot leagues, football leagues in particular, like the USFL, XFL. Well, guess what? Kind of like Reese's, chocolate and peanut butter, they've come together, right, with the uh, the new United Football League. The UFL. <laughs> Which the uh, president of the uh, UFL, Russ Brandon, uh, appeared on a, a podcast. Actually, he was on a, on a radio program in St. Louis where, uh, of course, they have the, the St. Louis Battle Hawks, which have kind of become of the spring league teams Kind of the premier team because they've had all, yeah. the, the, all the support from St. Louis fans. Still, obviously, very upset about the, the Rams leaving St. Louis, and so they've uh, they've really supported the the St. Louis BattleHawks. So he was on this program in St. Louis talking about uh, number one how how pumped people are in St. Louis and how great it is to have the St. Louis market part of the the UFL. Um, you know, and he, initially, some people are saying, "Is this just like a short term thing?" He says the merger is a long-term situation because they do have the divisions are USFL and XFL. There's not like a North or a South or they are labeled as the divisions of the leagues they played in. Okay. And so US, UFL training camp starts in six weeks in Arlington, just like they did previously with the XFL. Uh, Houston Roughnecks will play at Shell Energy at Rice Stadium. Also... The UFL championship game, uh, it's going to be, and then the schedule, by the way, where they're going to play it and everything. uh, It's still going to be on Fox, ABC, and ESPN. Remember, Fox owned the USFL, so they obviously are still going to be very much involved in this. And the season is going to kick off with the the champions of the two leagues, Birmingham and Arlington, playing on March 30th. And and so that's going to be a 10-week regular season. And um, the UFL season will start in with the USFL and XFL champions scoring off. So it'll be the, the final 
you know, the, the final match there. And then um, Daryl Moose Johnston, once again, from Fox TV, uh, will, will once again uh, kind of head their operations team as well of a dispersal draft coming up here very soon. Mike Pereira, Dean Blandino, who worked with both leagues previously, they'll be in charge of, of officiating for the new league as well. And then they're going to release the league rules soon. And so some of the debate is about with the XFL kickoff, which a lot of people feel like is a still a way for, for returns to happen because returns are down in the NFL in a big, big way. This would allow for returns, but the reduced collision because of the reduced distance between the kickoff team, their line, and the return team's line, which is what the XFL's been doing. So they're, that the belief is they'll still continue to, to use that particular way of, of returning kickoffs. Now, are they going to do the, uh, instead of the onside kick, the fourth and like long deal, or we is that... We don't know that yet. That's part of the stuff that's waiting to come out. Because I not. really like that rule. I, I, I did too. I really like that one. And also that the league is looking at expansion. That uh, that this is that this is not a just how it's going to be that they plan on adding teams could be in some of the markets that were already in the XFL or USFL, but uh, could be other markets as well. But they don't plan on holding you know, standing pad at eight teams. Teams will play, from my understanding, what I'm reading here, uh, like they did in the XFL. They'll have the hub, but they'll play in their home cities, where the USFL had their like in Memphis and they had at Ford Field where they had in Canton where they had teams playing there that didn't actually belong there. Didn't even represent that area. So uh, we'll see how this all goes. Could be, it'll be interesting to see uh, how it all pans out with uh, the new United Football League, which was the name of the uh, defunct league that had like the team, the Omaha team. Oh, I can't remember what they were called. Like the Nighthawks or something, because there's the <sighs> okay the, the uh, air wing, uh, the military aircraft uh, wing up in in Omaha. Yeah, and they had a bunch of those teams. So anyway, anyway, we'll see how it goes. Okay, that's what do you have? Uh, Coors Field this year is probably going to be host to, let's just face it, the worst team in baseball, one of the worst teams in baseball this year. But they're also going to be host to four major concerts this summer including three straight days in September and a show in July as well so here here's the uh, your concert lineup at Coors Field September 6th country music artists Kane Brown Bailey Zimmerman Low Cash and Ray Lynn okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. September 7th Green Day and the Smashing Pumpkins Oh, okay. With uh, guest appearances by Rancid and the Linda Lindas. And then September 8th, Def Leppard, Journey, and Cheap Trick. All in one day on September 8th. And And then this was just announced earlier this week. For the first time ever at Coors Field on July 12th, Billy Joel (laughs) at Coors Field on July 12th. Yeah. So, Coors Field, you're not going to have a great yeah. baseball team this summer. But some kind of cool concerts. Some pretty cool concerts that are going to be way ridiculously overpriced tickets for. So, uh, start saving your pennies and selling your organs now. All right. So, uh, something we witnessed uh, with players opting now to you know to transfer, hitting the portal, mm-hmm. or you know declaring themselves for the draft, that uh, 
Well, we had some less than entertaining bowl games. Ask yep. Ohio State how that went with their freshman quarterback. Uh, Not great. With uh, Honda McCord transferring to Syracuse and not playing in that game. That uh, Kirk Herbstreet feels like that perhaps with, you know, 40 bowl games that, that are out there and now we're going to have the expanded college football playoffs uh, coming up next year, that um, maybe this need to old yeller some bowl games. That if you've got all these bowl games and you have teams that go there and they have players that are opting out and everything, why are you playing these games? Who's really benefiting from that? Getting some bad football. And so maybe that there needs to be some thought to reducing the number of bowl games that are now available. You know what? He's not wrong, but also someone somewhere is making big money off those bowl games and they're not going to be so eager to let loose that cash cow. But you, you, also, have, you also have programs, though, that, that view it as an opportunity to get more work in. Right. And and so that's that's part of this too, where that could be a hang up of that that may not exactly happen, but uh, it's it's worth considering with like I said some of the less than stellar bowl matchups that we uh, have had during bowl season. You know what they need? They need every every bowl game needs to have an edible mascot. Exactly, like the Pop Tarts mascot. Pop Tarts mascot. We need to do that for the Cheez It Bowl. We need to do that for the Mayo Bowl. We need to do that for the Peach Bowl, the Orange Bowl. We did ask Wyatt Thompson, of course, Kansas State played in that game, if he got any of the actual mascot Pop-Tart. Did he? He did not. He got no! Pop-Tarts, but no, he did not get a piece of the Pop-Tart that was consumed by the Wildcats after their win. Darn. Yeah. All right, that's our show for today. Thanks again for joining us. Back with you on Monday. Jim Rome's coming up next on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com. Enjoy your weekend.